glad you can join us on the April edition of American RVer. This month we bring you interviews from FMCA's 79th International Rally in Pomona, California. Peg speaks with FMCA President Connie Poole about the FMCA organization. We interview Roadtrek representative Marcel Shampoo and talk about their Class B Roadtrek 190 RV. Finally, meet longtime FMCA members Jim and Ginny Hollifield as we talk about the flexible bus, one of the original family motorhomes. It's a great show, so let's get to it. I'm here with Connie Poole. She's the national president for FMCA. Connie, um, tell me about FMCA and what it means to be president. Well, FMCA is... Uh, an organization, member-owned organization, and we've got about 115,500 members currently. And being president is a 24-7 job. I've opened uh, communication up to all our members. If you've got a comment, question, don't hesitate to call, email. And I mean, I get it from all areas. People let me know what they think about FMCA and what they'd like to see. and. And that's what we're out here trying to do is give everybody something better. <laughs> What's the, what are some of the major issues um, for motor coach owners today? Some of the major issues uh, that, are, uh, that our members are facing is the increased cost in the uh, fuel is naturally. And uh, that does cause them to hesitate on making quite as many trips as they'd like to. Mm -hmm but uh, they're still out there. They, they will come to have fun no matter where we go, and that's great of our members. Yeah. Uh, the camaraderie we have, uh, they, they just can't pass that up. But our issues also involve uh, locations because we've got a lot of states that uh, restrict what all we can do when we come in on a convention, oh. whether we can bring out-of-state dealers in oh, or, right. or things like that. And, and so we've, we're down to a few locations that really work well for us. And, mm -hmm. and Pomona here is a great facility. Oh, we've had a great time here and the weather's turned out to be oh, very it's good. beautiful. Yeah. Tell me about the RV friendly signage that FMCA is promoting across the nation. Uh, we are, are very uh, privileged to have the uh, originator of the RV friendly uh, sign, which is a big, kind of yellow sign that uh, with RV in the middle that's that's placed on uh, the exit signs where you you find out whether there's restaurants or campgrounds or are things at the next exit Frank uh, worked very hard at that he's got it I think we've got 15 states covered now we've got a few others that and are it looking kind of in lets it. us know that we can get off and park right. and be able to get back on again without yes any it problems. does and for those of us that tow especially we're very cautious about where we pull off and mm -hmm. these signs do help us so we know we can go enjoy that restaurant or that activity and no problem with our coach. And is that a legislative issue? It's a legislative issue. We're trying to get it on na uh, with the National Highway Board uh, to get it all over the country. But yes, it is a legislative issue. And so do you find that you meet with legislators across the country? 
as I, president? I don't meet with them. I write a lot of letters, but I do have a government legislative affairs committee uh -huh. that does all, as much as they can. We've got people in every state that work with this committee that will get in and talk with the legislators on, on those issues. This is a big organization. How do you manage? <laughs> well, I manage because we've got a lot of committees out there. We've got, uh, I think I've got about 11 committees out there working the various issues that we, we have within the organization. So it's not all on my shoulders to right. do. And otherwise, I don't know how anybody could do this. Uh, and thank God we do have these committees and they're dedicated FMCA members that are willing it's to... It's all volunteer. It's all volunteer. Yeah. Right. It's people raise their hand and say, I want to do yeah. this, and the support yeah. we get is just tremendous. Now, how many um, people did we get at the Pomona Convention this year? Uh, our family coaches are 2,332 family coaches. Wow. Uh, the commercial coaches are 881, so that's about 3,200 coaches we've got, which which is good. It's, yeah. it's down from previous years, but... Uh, again, the fuel probably has again, a lot to do with that. As, as we traveled across country to get here, the fuel kept going up as we came here, and it, it has deterred some people. Now, there are two conventions a year. The next one coming up is when and where? The next one's coming up in the middle of July in St. Paul, Minnesota, and that's going to be a great convention. It's an excellent location. It's right. in the middle of the country. Right. That way those on the East Coast aren't having to come all the way out to the West Coast and mm -hmm. vice versa. Uh, we've got a lot of excitement about that. We're, yeah. we're looking at all types of family type things because it's in the middle of the summer. We can get, right. we can get all our school teachers and all our our uh, our kids out there, and uh, it, we're really excited about it. We got a lot of neat things planned for it. Good. That sounds like a, f a lot of fun. We'll plan to be there. Oh, please now, do. Now, where do you call home, Connie? Uh, in our motor home that's parked not too far from here. Uh, <laughs> okay. We've been full timing now for four years, uh -huh. and uh, in this job. It doesn't help to have a home, although we just bought one in Corpus Christi, but <laughs> we're not going to be moving into it until I go out of office in uh, 09. Okay. Well, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to come yeah. and say how excited I am about FMCA. Yeah. Okay. We'll see you in St. Paul. Yes, please do. <laughs> Next, we talk with Marcel Shampoo about the Rotrek 190 Class B RV. Charlotte, North Carolina is a special place. You have the Panthers, the beautiful Skyline, and of course, Lowe's Motor Speedway and NASCAR. But for RVers, Charlotte is home to the best satellite sales and service company in the Southeast. Cordell Satellite Sales and Service specializes in installation and repair of TV and internet satellite dish systems. Cordell has been installing Motosat internet uplink systems for your favorite NASCAR drivers. The best news is that you too can get Motosat satellite internet. If you're tired of fighting with your air card or trying to find a Wi-Fi hotspot, give Cordell a call at 704-264-9486 or email them at mohotogo at cs.com. Their certified technicians do make house calls. Trust Cordell Sales and Service to install or repair your dish. We did. Remember, since 1995, it's Cordell Satellite Sales and Service. As they always say, once a customer, a friend for life. Call 704-264-9486 for your satellite TV and internet needs. We're here in the Motor Coach Display Area at the FMCA Rally in Pomona, and we've stopped by the Road Trek Motorhomes, Inc. display, and I'm here with Marcel Shampoo, and we're talking about 
a Class B motorhome, which is something we haven't highlighted on the program before. So, Marcel, tell me about the Class Bs. Now, I know they're a much smaller motorhome than the Class A. They are a much smaller motorhome than the Class A, but they're for traveling people. They're for people that like to move around quite a bit. They're a lot more compact than the, lar than the larger units, mm -hmm. but by the same token, they offer everything the large ones do. So right, because you've got your kitchen. And you've got your kitchen, you've got your washroom, you've got your large bed, so, uh, mm -hmm. you know, your hot water, etc., etc. So it offers exactly the same as the large units. Right. So basically what you look at, it's a unit for people that do a lot of traveling. They move around a lot, and they look at this kind of uh, unit. It's a lifestyle. They can get into any place, right? Any they can place. go through the cities. They can get into they the can, rest areas, they can go to the national parks. Absolutely, they can park anywhere, they can go through cities comfortably, both partners can drive them because they're so easy to drive. Right. Now what kind of engines do these have? Well, you've got two different types of motors on these. You've got the gas-powered engine and you've got a diesel-powered oh, engine as well. Oh, you do have well, a diesel. Yes. Okay. We build on a Chevy chassis or a Sprinter, which is a Dodge chassis. Mm -hmm. The Dodge chassis has the, uh, it has a diesel engine, smaller engine, a lot more fuel efficient. Mm -hmm. Or you've got the Chevy that's got the larger engine, more horsepower, burns a little more gasoline. Although they do, they're still a lot more fuel efficient than the big ones, and that's another reason why people come down to them. Yeah. If you look at the diesel engine, you're looking at about 22 miles to the gallon and oh. about 1415 with the Chevrolet. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Now, do you find a lot more people are buying these because the um, gas and fuel prices have gone up? Has that, that made a difference? It has made a difference. I, I think that it's part of the reason why people are coming down to these, but I think the major region, the reason is for a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, people are just love them to travel and use them as second vehicles. So. And is there a certain age range that are the age buying range, the Yeah, road absolutely. Trucks? There is a younger group that's going to them now. At one point, it was 65 and over, but now hmm. it's probably around 50 to about 80 or whatever. Mm -hmm. And some of those, I'm sure, are downsizing from larger RVs. Now they want something a little smaller about, to drive. About 30% of the people that buy road treks or Class B motorhomes are from the larger units that are downsizing. No kidding. So it's just, you know, they get to a point where the large ones are a little more difficult to maneuver and they can't go everywhere, so they decide they're going to downsize. Right. Yeah. Well, let's take a look at this one. It's a Road Trek 190 This is a 190 popular. popular, yes. Okay, well, let's look inside and see what it's like. Absolutely. Now, this is a life, Marcel. Isn't it? Isn't it comfortable? It's not bad. Absolutely. Yeah. Even though they're small, as I mentioned before, they're very comfortable. Yeah, so this is the bed back here. We are sitting in the bed, and the bed turns into either two single beds or king-size beds. So oh, really? you, they're very large beds, even mm -hmm. for tall people. Yeah. So you don't have a problem to accommodate uh, two people back here. And the for front portion, uh, where you have the two seats at the very front, mm -hmm. turn into a single bed. Oh, they so do. So this particular unit, you can sleep, sleep three. Okay. Relatively well, that's a nice comfortably. Size. What yes. are some of the features in this unit? Well, there are several features that are rather interesting. You've got a small washroom, as I pointed out to you previously, uh -huh. with a large shower that comes out into the aisle, so you've got a lot of oh, elbow room to shower. Oh, is that how that Absolutely. works? Okay. So, although you're in a very small unit, you've got a very large shower, which mm -hmm. is very comfortable. Right. You can see to our left here that we've got a flat-screen television, which is a 19-inch. It is also equipped with surround sound. You've got a kitchenette that offers everything, including two elements and a microwave. You've got a coffee maker up there. Already built in, so Already you don't have to worry about it. Already built in and ready to go, yes. Tell me about some of the other features that are in well, here, Marcel. There, uh, there are a number of features that you can see, of course, because we've got large uh, freshwater tanks underneath this vehicle. We have uh, black water and gray water tanks that are surprisingly large for the size of the hmm. vehicle, which is very important. Mm -hmm. uh, road treks are also equipped with macerators to oh, empty I your gray those. and black. Mm -hmm. And we're the only Class B in the industry that has that, okay. so it's a feature that we promote quite a bit. Mm -hmm. 
And we have quite a bit of storage in here too? There's a fair amount of storage inside the vehicle, as you can see, every little area that they have available to them, but there's also outdoor storage as well. Oh, really? So there are compartments at the side of the vehicle as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, you have quite a bit of storage, considering it is a very small unit. The price of these vehicles range anywhere from about 70000 to about one hundred and five. A lot of people say, well, we can buy a C or an A for that type of price. Uh, realistically, it's a lot more difficult and time-consuming to build one of these. Hmm. Everything is custom, so it's labor-intensive, and that's the reason why the price is a little bit higher. Right. But if it's your lifestyle, then you're prepared to do that. And right. Uh, away you go. Right. Okay, well, thanks for joining us, Marcel. I appreciate it. It was my pleasure, absolutely. Come and see us again. I will. Uh, Thank you. Here we go. <laughs> we'll see you in a minute. Coming up, Peg reminisces with Jim and Ginny Holofield about the flexible bus. Don't miss it. Monaco engineering and design teams combine safety, comfort, performance, and convenience into all of our products. We take care of our customers. Great products start with great people, and we're proud to have the finest. We're different by design and proud of it. Every chassis we make is custom-built and fine-tuned to a specific make and model. We stand behind our product. Ride along with us and discover the Monaco difference. We're in sunny California at the FMCA Rally in Pomona, and I'm here with Jim and Ginny Hollifield, and they are owners, or previous owners, of a flexible bus. Now that's a bus you may or may not have heard of, and so Jim is here to tell us a little bit about what that is. Tell me, what is a flexible bus, Jim? All right, flexible bus was, they were primarily airporters. They what does held, that mean? They, they were a shuttle bus from the airport into town. Okay. And they held 21 people, same as a DC-3 airliner. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So um, they were quite popular in New York and San Francisco and Chicago. And we're talking back in the 50s? You're talking in the 50s, yes. Uh -huh. uh, Post-war. And so what happened? People, individuals would get these buses and then convert them into RVs, well, motorhomes? Yeah, these uh, bus operators, they sell coaches from time to time. And people would pick them up and uh, they liked the looks of the flexible bus. And they would, uh, they were a reasonable price, uh -huh. and they would convert them into a motorhome, and you'd do it all yourself. Oh, okay. They didn't have too many uh, vendors making supplies. So you did your own woodworking if you wanted a different engine. Yes. You had to take care of it. You did most or of it. Or find somebody mo to do it. Most of the people did it themselves. Uh-huh. And uh, so you saw all different kinds, and there was quite interesting when you go to a rally you could uh, visit other people with a flexible bus or uh, and uh, see how how they had done it what floor plan they'd used and and then you might change yours to match theirs oh, if you like some of their features I had my bathroom in three different places <laughs> <laughs> what was the first year you bought a flexible bus Jenny do you remember <clears throat> about 1960 yeah. 1960? About 1960. Okay. And then FMCA, you are the original charter members of the California chapter right. of FMCA. Uh -huh. And the first rally was when? Pomona. Uh, uh, February of 1965. And you were here. Yes. Yeah, we'll see some of those pictures. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty and exciting. We yeah. 
And do you know how many people were at that rally? Just 38, I believe. No kidding. Well, FMCA has come a long way since and, then. You know, I'd say half of them are flexible buses. Really? Yeah. So that was really like the start of the RV industry. Uh, yeah. No, the factory ones were just starting. Okay. Yeah, the Dodge was starting to make motorhomes and uh, Cortez and, you know, some of the early models. Mm-hmm. Condor came out, Ultravan, all these, all these businesses are out of business. Yeah, I haven't heard of them. And I understand you didn't tow cars. Uh, it would be pretty rare to see a towed car, yes. Right. And it was really more of a family uh, Yes, it coach. was. We had three little kids, ranging in two to whatever, seven or eight. <laughs> and they grew up going, uh, we used quite a bit to go cross country. Jenny's mother lived in St. Louis and we'd go back there at least once a year. Well, and I look at all the tags that you have for all the rallies that you've been to over the years and we're looking at Illinois, Michigan, Florida, Indiana, you have been all over. We, th those were national conventions of F FMCA, yes. Right. And um, I see that you are number 387. That's a low number for FMCA. And uh, that must be pretty exciting to be some of the original members of this yeah, organization. Yeah, I believe we're the lowest number here. <laughs> you know, now they're up and pushing 400,000. Uh-huh. So, That's right. Well, I know we've got a flexible bus here. The flexible bus, probably 90% of them started off with a Buick Straight 8 Roadmaster engine, a gas engine. Uh-huh. And I, very few of those would be left. People have repowered them, lots of them with diesel engines and uh, automatics. They're uh -huh. all stick shift. Now, do most of them have the chrome along the outside? Is that one of their features? Some of them have a strip of chrome, as you see here. Some of them, the chrome goes all the way down. Some have no chrome. There's a picture, one over here, with sort of quilted stainless steel. It looks like the inside of a diner. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I so, noticed on the inside of the front that the passenger seat is very wide, almost like you would put two people there instead uh, of one. That's probably an automobile seat. That's not a bus seat. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I also noticed in this particular one that there's a very large dining area with the wraparound um, yeah. bench seat. The owner probably has some kids because he has an upper and lower bunks in the back. Mm -hmm. So he probably has kids and mm -hmm. uh, there's not two people in this coach. I imagine there's more than that. And five on or this six. particular bus there's also some air vents on the front and, and tell me a little bit yeah, about those. They only had them one year. Those, those large air vents mm -hmm. that were only on there one year, 1951. And they have storage in the back. And these coaches oh. had no storage underneath. They're oh. in the back. So there, the luggage was in a compartment in the back. So the interior of the coach does not go to the end of the coach. You really have 25 feet on the inside and 33 on the outside. Oh, okay. So. But it had a large luggage compartment. We always had a tandem bicycle there and, and other bikes for the kids. Yeah, so, that is pretty large if you fit that big of a bike back there. You could put a tandem in there yeah. quite easily. Right. Well, it's nice. It's nice to see something that has been around for so many years. It kind of gives you the history 
of RVing from the 50s to today, or oh, 40s to today. And it was easy to get in the national parks than the big, oh, than the big today's. Oh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, they, they, these cultures are a little smaller. We went to a lot of national parks. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We've had Frank our kids to Yellowstone and Alaska all over, all over and the, the Everglades and New England, you name it, we've had them there. <laughs> well, good. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jim and Jenny. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. All right. your satellite TV and internet needs, call Cordell Satellite Sales and Service at 704-264-9486.